Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business, where I talk with interesting people sharing life and business experiences to entertain, engage, build community, and provide information to help others succeed. If you're interested in learning more about one of our guests or how we are helping business owners generate wealth and build businesses they can sell or succeed at Exit Your Way, you can find more information on our website, ExitYourWay.com, or by contacting me directly, Damon at ExitYourWay.com. I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm your host, Damon Pastolka, and with me today, I have Dan Silly. Dan, great to have you here today. Thank you for inviting me, Damon. Really, it's a pleasure. It, this is going to be a good time, man, because if there is one thing that frustrates me, and it is sales technology. So, Dan is the founder... <laughs> of vendor neutral uh that's a and i'll let you explain about it but they work with helping people find the right sales technology we're going to talk a bit about that today we're going to talk about six sales technology evaluation for executives because i know this is something that it's hard for executives like how much do i need to know what should i know what should i ask because there's so many different things to talk about and 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 really just to be uh, smart enough about the topic to be dangerous. Ask the right questions. So, Dan, let's start out with you telling, talking about your background and and kind of sure. how you got where you are today because you've been in sales for a while now and digital sales. Yeah, um, twenty five years. Um, I I'm definitely dating myself. Uh, I uh, was one of the um, original employees of Staples Corporation. Um, was there uh, really at almost the very beginning um, was, uh, you know, worked with them uh, surrounding their contact center um, development strategy, uh, catalog uh, engagement strategy. Again, this was right at the infancy of the internet. You know, a lot of things were happening. Uh, a lot of things were digitally transforming back in that day. So um, I started there, learned a lot. Staples taught me a lot, worked there for eight, nine years, um, actually uh, maybe even almost 10. Um, and then once I left Staples, I started my own company called Telemaximum. Um, and actually one of my first customers was Staples Corporation. <laughs> um, we, right. uh, they, uh, I was able to uh, have them as a client for quite a long time. Um, we were doing a lot of their top customer survey work and things like that. Um, and I was, you know, developing contact centers um, for organizations like Staples, mid-market, enterprise, um, pharmaceutical uh, healthcare, you know, companies that were looking to engage with their prospects. Um, and in that day, it was all brick and mortar. It was very different than it is today. And that's what's, that's really what's evolved over the last 25 years, especially in the last five to 10 years. Um, and the reason why I started Vendor Neutral um, back in 2018, uh, it was, you know, because things have really digitally transformed. Things have changed in a big way, in a dramatic way. Uh, you know, the brick and mortar contact center is no longer, um, it's really evolved uh, to a virtual environment. And that virtual environment is driven by technology. Uh, and that is why Vendor Neutral evolved from my previous organization, Telemaximum, which I actually shuttered um, in 2019. 
um, and and fully dedicate my time and energy now to um, vendor neutral. We have a an incredible team of um, technology analysts, consultants, process improvement consultants, uh, uh, onboarding uh, adoption resources to ensure that uh, companies can solve their biggest technology problems um, surrounding especially sales technology uh, and how to go to market, how to how to actually increase your revenue and retain customers and meet your clients where they are in their sales cycle, in their own journey. So very excited to be here and to share some of this insight with you. Well, I think, I think that, you know, now one of the things with executives across the board, you know, mid, mid-sized companies, enterprise size companies is it, there's so many different choices for them. And what are some of the, you know, some of the challenges that you see these people facing that that's pretty common across the, across the groups? Well, the biggest challenge is just the sheer number of resources that are available. Um, those of you who know the marketing technology landscape, there is well over 8,000 solutions on that landscape. Oh, unmanageable. My. It's unmanageable. It's truly out, out of control. Um, and when we look at the sales tech landscape, there's about about 900 truly sales technology solutions focused strictly on sales tech um, or sales strategy. And then once you add in CRM and you add in marketing automation, which a lot of that overlaps with sales, um, you're in the 12 to 1400 range. So the sales tech landscape is growing almost as rapidly as the MarTech landscape. Um, the MarTech landscape has been in play for almost 10 years. The sales tech has only been in play since 2016. Um, and back in 2016, there were less than 100 solutions wow. on the landscape. So you can just imagine how much it's grown. Um, in the next year, here's a statistic for you. So in the last five years, the amount of growth in the sales tech landscape will be compounded fivefold in the next two years. So you should expect to see anywhere between two and 3,000 solutions potentially available uh, within this space over the next two years. It's going to be absolute mayhem. <laughs> that, that is pretty crazy because it's, it's wow. The amount, the sheer number, like you said. So do you see, and I'm kind of going off a little bit of a tangent here, but do you see that there's a lot of a, a lot of SUVs and they all pretty much look the same? Or are there some really unique ones that you go, hey, there are some front runners that you really need to be looking at based on this kind of company or that kind of company? What what do you really see in that landscape? You see them all. So yeah, there's, there's, there's probably about 28, 29 categories, um, uh -huh. true categories. Wow. And then there's probably 50 to uh, 75 subcategories within those categories. Um, we really try to stay focused at the higher category level um, and then understand our clients' requirements, their needs, their objectives, um, before we start to drill down into the specific capabilities of individual solutions in those subcategories. So it can become, um, it's a difficult process. It's, it's no very kidding. difficult to manage for most organizations and for buyers. Um, 
And we have um, Vendor Neutral, we developed a, what we call our sales technology ecosystem or our framework, which is really proven to be incredibly successful. It's been in the market now for about three years, primarily focused at the enterprise level. And we're now entering into a, a relationships with a lot of mid-market companies as well. Um, mm -hmm. But at, at in both areas, you know, our framework starts off with what we call our stakeholder analysis or stakeholder audit. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably, you know, a lot of people think of it as like an assessment, right? Like a kind of a, a, a status quo. Where are we today? What do we need to do to improve? Um, so what we, uh, what Vendor Neutral does is our analyst team um, engages with each of the stakeholders in a mid-market or enterprise level organization. And we help um, we help them by understanding um, what their goals are, their needs, their objectives. Um, you know, at the end of the day, what technology they're using. Um, if there is potentially overlap uh, within silos within the organization, they don't even know about. Because yeah. like you just said, there is overlap. Uh, um, there's a lot of features in a lot of technology that does the exact same thing. Um, that you know, if you if you're only using it for that feature, well, you don't need to. To, to pay for all the rest of the uh, capabilities that that technology offers. So during our stakeholder analysis, during that audit process, we quickly uncover overlap. We quickly uh, uncover gaps that are in technology, but not only in their technology, but in their process, in their workflow. Uh, because more often than not, people are you know uh, shooting from the hip, right? They're, they're not mm -hmm. really thinking about their processes. They're not thinking about how technology could enable those process, processes, they're actually thinking that technology is gonna solve all of their problems. But the reality is, is if you don't have the right processes, the right workflow, technology does nothing. Technology on its own, on its own is absolutely worthless. So it's very important that you, you have that framework, that foundational element to be successful. And that all starts with that stakeholder analysis, it's super important. Well, and, and you talk about process, and I think that's what so many people think technology is going to solve. But as you said, with these technologies, they're meant to be flexible on how you do business. So they really, it isn't like drop in and this is the way it works. It's usually drop in and then show us how you want to work, and then we can help you work that way. And so it still requires that under underlying process of how you want to do your sales, what you want to exactly. learn and, and who's going to do what uh, and how they're going to interface with your technology. So what are some of the things that you see when you when you first come into these corporations? Do you you know, like you, you mentioned overlap, but do. Do people overcomplicate processes i mean in this pro in, in as you're helping them with this this uh understanding do you help them refine that overall process is that part of what you're doing because i would think that yeah th th it's probably been bolted on as these things start to change yep. you see a lot of this was stuck here that was stuck here this was <laughs> stuck here and now they could all be together and be a lot more efficient or what are some of the things yeah. that you see yeah, it really comes down to what we call an, a holistic technology strategy. Uh, it's a strategy that fits together and supports all of the stakeholders in an organization. And it doesn't just start with the stakeholders. It starts there, but it ends with the end user, right? Um, we, 
when we interview the stakeholders, we generally drill down within their hierarchy of their organization and understand what is enabling their sales reps to be successful. And more often than not, you can learn almost everything you need to learn about your process from your top 20%, right? Whether it's the top 20% of your customers or it's mm-hmm. the top 20% of your sales force. Um, they know what works because they're actively selling. They're successful uh, at selling your solution. So you have to really be open to listening and learning from those individuals and bringing them into your process, bringing them into your strategy development. Um, so we generally, you know, we involve everybody in our stakeholder analysis. And that's also a part of a larger communication strategy where people are now aware, right? They're now aware of different resources. There are different processes in an organization, different possibilities. And what we try to do is we try to connect the dots, right? We try to Mm -hmm. connect the dots between marketing, sales, operations, you know, so that it becomes a truly a revenue operation strategy uh, where everyone's working together um, to meet the same goals and objectives. Um, And that's generally where we see the biggest problems. It's not tech, bolting on tech isn't the right solution. And, And a lot of people that we work with you know, and again, it could be at any level in an organization, you know, they listen to their peers more than they listen to the experts, right? They, they, you know, they talk to their buddy who is using XYZ technology and because they're using it and they're finding success, oh, it must work well for us. Well, that yeah. isn't the reality. Yeah. The reality is, is every company works differently. They have different ways of engaging. Um, and another very important piece that they don't consider is that if it's not if it's not value based or value focused, and it's not aligning with your customer's journey, um, and that's again going back to that twenty percent, right? The yep. listening to those customers, meeting them on that journey, and aligning to them using technology is the most effective way um, of seeing results with tech. Um, if you're if tech is an afterthought or uh, a predecessor to another strategy, and it's not incorporated holistically you're more likely than not, not to see the success that you're looking for. Yeah. Wow. Cause this, this is there, there's so much because when you think of an enterprise level company, there's so many different systems that can be, like you said, duplicate functionality, um, even people duplications, hundreds of people duplications (laughs) and sometimes, and do you see that companies are, actively making changes to the structure of their organization after they go through this? Because I would think that if, if we uncover the fact that we've got, you know, three departments doing the same thing, let's redeploy people to, to in, in other ways to really, you know, match this align with this customer journey better and, and really provide more value throughout the process. Are you seeing them do those kind of things too, when they really get into this or, or, now, we don't tell companies who to hire and fire, but uh, we do re- make recommendations on roles that they should include. Um, a lot of larger companies, especially the enterprise space, they don't have these roles in place. They don't have a CTO or CIO or a chief information security officer. You know, they, they, they have sales leadership. You know, they have senior leadership. And that's yeah. where the decisions are generally made. Um, and you really have to start to incorporate these roles, um, technology roles, whether it's an innovation role or there's actually somebody that owns it. Um, 
you know, IT is, you know, is a different animal today than it was before. IT generally uh-huh. is outsourced as much more than it ever was in the past. And technology um, uh, is really filling that gap, right? So third-party technologies, not things that are built out internally, things that can be purchased off the shelf. But it's important to understand the value it's going to bring and how it's going to fit, like you said earlier, because otherwise it's just going to sit on the shelf, right? It's not going to mm-hmm. be leveraged. It's it's not going to be sticky. Uh, and that's why our framework is so important. It's because once a, a stakeholder analysis is complete and we understand that their processes that exist match the technology they already have or the technology that they're considering, then we're able to move to uh, a, a know, filling the gap when it comes to technologies, Um, kind of identifying where maybe a new piece of technology or a change in the technology strategy could really um, amplify their ability to really accelerate and catapult them forward. Uh, And that's really, at the end of the day, that's what we're always thinking about. How do we move that needle, right, for them? Mm -hmm. How can we move it in the biggest way? Um, And once we've identified uh, technology that can actually do that, uh, we don't just go out and acquire it. Um, that we don't encourage our our clients to acquire it. What we encourage them to do is a proof of concept, um, a POC, a pilot, and that can normally include. You know, uh, it doesn't have to be a large group. It can be uh, a small group, but it really should represent all the different types of sellers and managers and leadership within your organization to be part of it. Um, so that you can truly understand the value that the technology brings and how it aligns to the capabilities you're trying to address. Um, And so we we, we generally work with our clients to to do the proof of concept, to do the pilot, so that we can identify abilities to scale. Um, I'll give you a a good example. Um, We had a recent client um, in the past year who, you know, wanted to really move that needle. And, you know, we looked at a lot of categories of solutions, but what we landed on was actually data, data as a platform. Um, because when we did our stakeholder analysis, we, we found that there was a lot of gaps in their data. There was a lot of, a lot of missing insights, a lot of missing visibility of, mm-hmm. of who their prospects were at these clients, at these companies. Uh, so we did a proof of concept and we didn't try to boil the ocean. We simply... Um, took that data resource, applied it to a couple use cases, one being a existing um, client strategy and one being a new business strategy. So the existing client strategy, uh, we focused on, you know, install base equipment, right? So we knew that this company has been in the market for 30, 40 years. Uh, They've installed equipment um, globally um, in thousands upon thousands of locations. Um, So they knew the technology. They knew what they installed, but they didn't know who was using it today. They didn't know who was managing it today. They didn't know the company who potentially even owned it today uh, because mm-hmm. it was sold more often through a contractor, through a mm-hmm. third party um, that did the installation, did the integration of the technology. So once we identify that you know you have all these pieces of equipment and now all we need to do is associate a contact and a company to that piece of equipment, you just removed all of the obstacles for that organization. So now they can reach out to the right contact and the right organization using that equipment today at that location and quickly 
identify and qualify for an opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. We this just alone, just alone that one one um, use case generated over ninety million dollars in new revenue wow. for that organization wow. in less than six months. Oh my so, goodness! Unbelievable results because they were spending months and months doing the research on LinkedIn and on Google trying to find these individuals, but didn't realize that the value was already out there in a data platform. So we were able to integrate that data platform and see that result. Now on the new business development side, same type of scenario, um, small group of people, again, we're testing this out, it's a pilot. Mm -hmm. So we were testing it out. And uh, on the new business side, what they, they were, you know, they would go out with their manager in a car and they would drive around and they would knock on doors. Um, but they quickly realized that, you know, we could use data in a filter format um, where mm-hmm. we would filter based on geography, based on the size of the organization they generally sell to. And we could identify prospects much quicker than driving around looking for oh, a yeah. building. Uh, yeah. So it was just, you know, much more efficient for them. So both of those use cases, once the technology was acquired, turned into just absolutely incredible revenue generating opportunities for the company. Well, what you're talking about there is exactly right. When you, and this is, this, it comes back to what you said a a few minutes ago. And as, as you're talking about it, these technology roles that aren't typically in companies anymore or or yet. um, Mm -hmm. Do you think that this is what, what we're going to see though, is that the companies that really are going to, leverage our technology and move forward the way that they truly can are going to have to put people in technology roles just because these things are are changing so fast and and you know what what's good today might be you know an anchor tomorrow yeah we have to let our sellers sell <laughs> you know we have to yeah you no know, sellers are good at selling yeah you know, you know i i come into a lot of organizations we come into a lot of organizations in we see the sellers have their own stack of solutions, right? So the companies mm-hmm. purchase uh, certain technologies, but the high performing sellers are using additional technologies to give them an edge, right? To uh, And they're paying for it themselves as well, yeah. um, or they're expensing it, one of the two. But at the end of the day, that we, we generally see the highest performers have more tech, not less than their peers um, okay. that the company was uh, paying for. So, you know, we, we like to see that actually because uh, it, it it sets the stage for what success could potentially look like. Because if these sellers are effectively leveraging these tools, well, why can't we scale that? And that's why that goes back to why it's so important that 20%, whether it's your customers or your top sellers, to put them into that process, that strategy development process, because they're the ones who are really going to help you succeed. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great tip, though, for for executives looking at this is interview your top 20% and see how they're doing it. Interview your top 20% customers and see what their journey was like and how, what, what was good, what was frustrating about it for them. That's, those are great things. There. I learned, I learned it 20 years ago, Damon. Um, I learned it 20 years ago when I was with Staples Corp. You know, um, we, I, I, I led this group called top customer survey. Right. And what they would do was they would, they would have our team reach out to the top 20% of their large 
customers and ask these questions, ask questions about their products, their solutions, you know, what would make a difference? And we would take that data and work with marketing, work with the catalog development team to make sure that those insights were incorporated. Um, and that's actually one of the big reasons they were more successful. That's why Staples grew so quickly in the marketplace was they listened to their top customers. And I took that knowledge. And once we started vendor neutral, I, I you know, it was one of our core requirements, one mm -hmm. of our kind of our fundamental strategies that we leverage is, is just, you know, opening the lines of communication and not assuming, you know, everything because you don't, I sure don't. And I think at the end of the day, when we, when we bring in um, a team, when we bring in uh, value from all levels of the organization, you're going to have a much better strategy at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how, how many times do you actually walk into some place and, and do this assessment and go, wow, this team really knows what, what they've got. And it's, it's, I mean, on a scale of one to 10, what's, what's the usual, of they've really got it going on or they, they need a lot of work, you know, at the. Sadly, um, the, the companies that we work with generally are behind the eight ball. They're not, okay. um, they're not as advanced as they need to be. Um, their competition is getting close, too close for comfort. And they, uh, they need to adapt. They need to digitally transform. Um, they need to adapt to an environment, to a strategy, that is going to be more competitive uh, because their competition is absolutely going to take those steps, um, especially if they see weakness in the marketplace um, from the larger players, because they're going to um, be able to potentially leapfrog them if they're able to deliver more effectively and efficiently. Um, our, our strategy, our frameworks, they don't just focus on sales. They don't just focus on technology. They focus on sales they focus on technology and they focus on the people and the process because mm -hmm. the, you have to think about it holistically. You have to think about it as a much bigger picture strategy um, because if you're not at the beginning of the process, you know, communicating effectively, sharing these insights you're learning from there, from the stakeholders in an organization, understanding the workflow, understanding the process, improving that process, very, it's going to be very difficult to onboard a new solution, right? It's gonna be very difficult to see the adoption and the results mm -hmm. from any new technology because yeah. they just, most sales reps, most marketing professionals, you know, they feel that you're just throwing something else at them, something else they have to worry about, something else they have to deal with. Well, if you involve them in the process, whether it's that top 20% or really everybody in your organization and have that level of communication, that consistent um, engagement surrounding the potential for these new technologies, you're going to be able to, you're going to, they're going to want to be part of it. They're going to want to mm -hmm. be on board. They're going to want to be part of that journey for your organization and they're going to support you. Um, and at the end of the day, their likelihood of adopting that solution and integrating it into their own workflow is much higher than it would have been if you just threw another piece of tech at them, which is what most organizations do. Yes. Yes. I will say yes one more time because this is something I think if anybody listens to this thing, this is one of the key takeaways is involve your people in the process because and 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 let them to understand how it's going to help them be more effective. Because if you don't, 
it's like you said, it's like, oh, it's the new flavor of the day. We're going to implement yep. this thing. I'm going to have to do these changes and, and, oh, well, it's not going to, you know, I don't really know, but if they're involved in that process and are excited about the opportunities that it brings them to help, that adoption will be there. Um, Absolutely. Great, great points there. So when you look at this and when people are, when people are trying to look at solutions overall, do you think that they're overcomplicating what they think they need compared to what they actually need? Or looking for something that's got way more than they really need to be thinking about? Or do you think they just missing the mark because they don't <laughs> not matching up right? Or well, I, I was well, I think go ahead. What were you gonna say? Because I think I think you know when you're when you're looking like and you say something, I'm gonna I'm going to put protection on my, on my home. And next thing you know, it's a metal home rather than I, I put a lock on the door. You know, uh, do you think that kind of thing happens or do you think that they just, instead of putting a lock on the door, they're, you know, putting a dog in the front yard or something like that? Well, I think about what most organizations we deal with, what, where they really struggle is that they brought in a solution that they didn't invest their time. They invest the energy into the development of the processes to support the solution um, ahead of time. So I see this every day with CRM and ERPs every day. Mm -hmm. um, I see a company that thinks that, oh, I'll just, all I need to do is acquire a CRM. I'll yep. go out and buy XYZ CRM, um, make a huge investment. And more than likely, they're not going to see the adoption. They're not going to see the, you know, the willingness to use it because it's like you said, it's got a lot of bells and whistles, got a lot of capabilities that may not be appropriate today for that organization. Um, they may need to start smaller. They need to start mm -hmm. with simple technologies um, like data. Like I mentioned earlier, that use case I mentioned earlier, you don't need to boil the ocean. You don't need to have the greatest solutions, but more often than not, we're not going to you know, throw the baby out, out with the bathwater, right? So we're going to come mm -hmm. in, they have a CRM, they have an ERP, well, we're going to start there, actually. We're not going to start with a new piece of technology. Um, we're going to, first of all, make sure that their current piece of technology, their CRM, is being used effectively. Does it align to the stakeholders' needs? Is it providing them the data they're looking for? Is it providing them the insights they need to make smart business decisions? Well, because if it isn't, if it's only being used at 5% um, adoption rate, well, you're not getting any insights out of it. You're just spending mm -hmm. money. Um, so, you know, that, that is where it's at, you know, so if oh, yeah. technology isn't producing the data that you need to make decisions, you need to progress, then you're not going to see success from the technology. It's just going to sit and be un unused. And eventually your finance team is going to catch wind that just, these are unused licenses and there's no ROI. And they're going to come back at you and say, why are you paying thousands of dollars every year for this resource? And there's no results. And they just, you know, it comes down to ego. Um, and I think that what organizations need to do is overcome their ego and focus in areas that are going to make the biggest imp impact on their results. And that isn't always going to start with a CRM. Most of the sales technology today, I would say the vast majority is beyond CRM. It is uh, a technology that is using a CRM or ERP as a source of truth, right? So if you've got good data, you've got yep. good uh, a, a understanding of your prospects and your customers, you don't need a CRM. 
right? You just need to have that data stored effectively somewhere or ERP and that you can leverage it within these tools because all they need is accurate information to be effective as a tool. Now, if you have a good CRM and you have managed it effectively and your contacts are current, your accounts are current, you're, you know, it's standardized, you know, it, not every name has a, a lowercase letter for a first name. So it's, yeah. you, know, you, have, you have good data. Well, then now the sales technologies that's available, it takes it beyond CRM and allows you to effectively engage with your prospects, to, to manage them through a sales cycle, uh, to nurture them, to do all the things that you know that your sales professionals, if done effectively, are going to generate business. So that's what we want to do is enable the sales professionals to do their jobs easy, just to have an easier path, mm-hmm. right? So if we're able to improve the CRM, make sure that foundationally is effective, and then there's the processes in play um, to support uh, the the the, uh, the end user's workflow. Well, then they're going to leverage. Then the data is going to be there for them to leverage, and they're going to be able to create. But sequences, they're going to be able to work with marketing on content and materials to effectively engage with the right prospect that they know is going to buy their solution, buy your solution. And they're going to effectively be able to sell more because of it. So at the end of the day, it's a very much, uh, it's about understanding where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are, and then filling in the gaps. It's not about just buying on, buying more tech and bolting it on. Yeah. Because that's, what most companies end up doing is they think that this need a bolt on another piece of tech. Well, it sounds too, like from what you're saying, there's a lot of the, what you uncover is they need to do some re-implementation of current tools because a, they don't have the base data, right? They're not then, you know, didn't get stakeholders involved. So they really understand how it can help them. And then ultimately it could be that the good data with the process, their current tools are fine. Mm-hmm. Now we do see that not as often as we'd like, but we see yeah. it, um, uh, enough to to, 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 to to know that someone in the organization, whether it's that top performing sales rep or a top performing manager, knows that what good data, what good resources can, can actually lead to. And so in their small siloed, ecosystem they're a small world that they manage they're seeing success that's not being translated um, across the organization it's not being shared with their peers and that's where that consistent holistic level of interconnectivity communication comes in and it's so important um, that you know you're not right from the get-go right as soon as you start thinking about technology you start to engage with all of your stakeholders start to bring them into this process um, start to engage with their staff, bring them into this process, ask for their feedback. And then at the end of the day, you're going to see that the technology that is really needed may already be there, being used individually, or mm-hmm. you'll be quickly identified because now you understand the specific capabilities you need to address. Yeah. Wow. And it's and it's interesting that you say a lot of this is beyond CRM. So what do you mean by beyond CRM? What are some of the technologies that we see that are beyond CRM? Well, I'm not calling out any specifics. So I'll call out some categories. Um, so engagement technologies, okay. um, anything that, you know, uh, for, for example, you know, you think about sequencing, right? So uh, uh, 
an email uh, outreach sequencing where it could calls, could be emails, could be texts, could be a, a many yeah. different engagement uh, opportunities. Oh, yeah. Um, so that sequencing is based on the value of the data, right? So the value of what you have in CRM. So you don't need C the CRM to do that effectively. You just need good data to do that effectively. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's beyond CRM. And that's why, you know, you're not, you look at the CRM companies, the big companies today, um, you know, I'll call out a couple, Salesforce or HubSpot or Sugar, or some of these larger CRM organizations, you know, they're they're not going to go out of business because they're um, you know they're a legacy technology. They're going to adapt, right? They're going to adjust. So that's why you're seeing companies like Salesforce and HubSpot do so many acquisitions um, mm -hmm. around other technologies, especially these engagement technologies, to bolster their capabilities. They're bringing in tools like sales enablement, um, content management resources. You know, you think about sales enablement. You know. It's what are people consuming, right? You know, you have good content. Your marketing teams work diligently to develop it. You're distributing it. What are they engaging with? What are, what are people actually reading? What are people downloading? Um, if you can understand that and you take that information, you're going to be far more effective than you are just, you know, guessing. Um, yeah. So more often than not, you know, it comes down to the fact that you know, these, these organizations aren't taking the, the best part of what they already have. So they already have great marketing resources, but they're not evaluating the value of those resources. So if they're able to see the value from the consumption, both on the user level and on the prospect level or the customer level, then they're going to be much better positioned to develop more materials, um, more content that's specifically mm -hmm. going to align to those requirements. Yeah. Yeah. So when you help corporations do this, do you technically or, or typically not technically, do you typically see that you, you go through this process? Do you typically see that they are overspending or underspending on their sales technology stack? Oh, that's a great question. So I'll give you a story. Um, and this is a, probably a really good example for it. Uh, so we have a large peripheral technology customer as a client there, um, multi-billion dollar corporation, um, global. Uh, they brought us in um, three years ago to do an audit, to do a technology audit. Uh, we identified well over a million dollars in annual licensing spend. Um, that they were spending on well over 200 solutions across their organization. Oh, wow. So the vast majority overlapped. Um, there was so much confusion around who was using what, who was seeing results from what technologies. What we were able to do was consolidate that knowledge and understand what did what, what was the most effective, based on the technology they were currently using. And we were able to reduce that well over a million dollars spend to just over $200,000 annually. Wow. So almost a million dollars in savings alone, just from that audit process and evaluating where they had overlapping and existing technology that could be 
already solved by what they have mm -hmm. today. Wow. And do you think they're just getting caught in the change and, and you look at, okay, this solution, when we bought it, it didn't have that, that piece of uh, feature and now it does. And we didn't keep up with the software or is it that they probably made the wrong decision out of the box? Probably made the wrong decision. They listened to their peers. <laughs> they listened okay. to their, their buddies. Um, you know, yeah. I'm using X, Y, and Z. You should use it. Well, that's not usually the right decision. Um, it, it's very, it's a very thoughtful process. Um, there's, you know, it, it takes time. The larger the organization, the more time it takes. Um, the larger the breadth of stakeholders are in an organization, the more effort you need to put into understanding their needs, their requirements, the technology they're using, the results they're seeing from that technology. Um, and then once you have that analysis, now you have that foundation, you know where the gaps are, you know where the opportunities are for new technology, because it, it's clearly not defined by an existing piece of technology. But you also understand where their processes are or workflow may be lacking um, to support a new piece of technology or mm -hmm. to enable a technology they already have. So that's a very important piece here is that many organizations, you know, they, they, they bring in this resources, but, you know, they're just basing it on others' feedback or, you know, they go on LinkedIn and they say, hey, tell me what you're using for engagement technology or for call recording. And they'll tell you, oh, I'm using XYZ because um, so-and-so used it and they saw all these results. Well, mm -hmm. that's great. You know, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't discredit that type of peer-to-peer um, feedback, but I think you still need to do that internal analysis. You still need to understand, you know, what's going to move the needle for your own organization first. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm writing some things down here because I always like to summarize because this has been such an interesting conversation and, and talking about, you know, sales technology selection for executives. It's, it's just like, man, we are just pummeled as executives in yes. What should we, what should we do? What technology are we missing out on technology and stuff? But you, you hit, I think a few key things here that I want to talk about and just reiterate is know your sales process processes overall. So if I'm an executive, one of the first things I may want to do is hey, get my leadership team together and say, Hey, do we all understand this process? And do we all agree on this? Is that exactly? You see, no, you nailed it. Yeah, that's what we have to facilitate more often than not. Because <laughs> okay. most organizations work in silos. They yeah. still, especially the bigger the organization. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. You know, they could have, you know, stakeholders that are, you know, they could have five selling business divisions, right? Um, mm -hmm. One could be service, one could be maintenance, one could yep. be turnkey operations, and they all are led by different leaders, and they if you're not bringing them together and they're not th thinking about their processes holistically, they're not benefiting from each other. They're run Like I said, they're, they're in their own silo. They're seeing yeah. their own results. So if the business leader in service is seeing an opportunity for a replacement or a turnkey new technology, well, then that should be passed over to the turnkey operations. And yeah. you, you should see a benefit from that from working together as a team. So that's the other piece as well as, you know, the overall compensation, the, the motivation and incentives. There's and there's a, just a boatload of technology out there surrounding those 
capabilities yeah. as well. You know, ensuring that, you know, you're, you're, you're encouraging knowledge sharing, you know, that you're, you're giving, the res giving those tools to these stakeholders so that they can leverage uh, knowledge that may even be located on the other side of the world. Um, because those people have had that experience that you need. So you need to take that knowledge and bring it into your organization. And if you're not taking advantage of technology to, to simplify that, you're actually, you're hindering yourself because you're still, you're, you're maintaining the siloed approach, um, mm -hmm. which is, is limiting. Um, companies that not only focus on holistic technology strategy, but holistic sales strategy, are the ones that are seeing the greatest results. Um, and that's where we're, you know, that's where Vendor Real Estate is very different than most of the consulting firms out there, the Foresters, the Gartners, the McKenzie's, the Accenture's. You know, we are, we're heavily integrated with our clients. You know, we do the audit, we do the stakeholder analysis, we understand their processes, we understand what technologies are gonna fill the gaps, and we embed resources on site or virtually to ensure that that technology onboarding, that adoption, whether it's existing technology that's not effectively being used or new mm -hmm. technology, um, we ensure that we that we're, we're we're scaling on success. We're we're not basing it on what the vendor is telling us should success should look like. We're basing it on that organization and what their success should look like. So. It's it's very important that it just goes back to that you know that holistic working as a team to yeah. address your needs and to identify the technology that's going to close the gap in, in in every area of your organization. You could spend hours talking about this. You can get, go down a rabbit hole very very quickly, but it really well, does come back to that holistic technology strategy. Yeah, yeah, and you and you started it out with something that's not the technology, and this is what I wanted to make sure we talked about. Do you understand across your organization the po the process? Do we right. all agree on this process? And is that holistically working well for everyone? And then I think you you would move into the next level of it. Whatever technology decision we are going to make, does it address this the pieces of our sales process? And do each of the the vertical people that are going to use this agree? and understand how it will help them or not. Because as the executives, yeah. we're starting to make the right decision. And if we're just listening to, to, to a committee that hasn't done that kind of right. work, you're gonna make a you're gonna make a misinformed decision. Yeah, we use um what we call a rank and rated requirements document for okay. that So Good. the way that works is very simply, you know, when we meet with the stakeholders, we write down what's important to them. You know, what requirements that they need uh, in the technology? What's their end result? What's good look like at the end of the day, right? Yeah, what's and, good look like? Right. And take that information and we take and we align it to capabilities that they're looking for within their organization and we list them out. We take that same capabilities list and once we've identified a category of solutions, we then share those capabilities with each of the vendors in that category. We don't share the client. We don't tell them who the client is. Yeah. We may tell them it's a large company. We may tell them the type of industry they're in just so that the vendor, you know, better understands the use case. Mm -hmm. um, but 
you know, what we want them to understand is, is that they're going to see, I, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. What was I just saying? We're talking about the, about the, the, the ranked ratings across the organization and getting it right. out to the to the technology suppliers exactly so that once once we have that ranking rating document completed internally and we share it with that vendor in the category mm-hmm. list you know they're going to come back to us and say this is where we have strengths this is where we have weaknesses and then we're able to take that data bring it back to the uh, stakeholders in, within an organization and able to align those ranked and rated requirements to their goals and objectives. Because yeah. what's going to happen, and this is why vendor neutral is so unique, is we're not aligned to one vendor. There is not one vendor that we align to. Um, we align to the entire landscape. So once we are able to showcase the capabilities that one solution has over another, that really aligns to that company's needs and objectives. We're then very quickly in shortlist the vendors. So you may have, for mm-hmm. example, sales enablement, content management. This is solid 15 to 20 solutions in that category. Yeah. And these are very robust solutions. It doesn't mean you need every one of those capabilities. There may be one solution that has a set of capabilities that really does align to your needs and objectives. So we want to find that list, that shorten that list of vendors. Mm-hmm. So then when we actually move to an acquisition strategy with a client where we're simply looking at one or two vendors at the most because they so closely align to those requirements that the company had. And then we do demos and we don't let the vendors um, demo anything beyond those ranked and rated requirements because that's the company doesn't care about those, anything else that that vendor can potentially deliver. They care about how those capabilities are going to impact their organization. Yeah. So if we're able to then demo those, so those capabilities, and then the client sees that value, then there's an opportunity for acquisition because now we can scale and prior and more often than not, that's when the pilot comes into play that I talked yeah. about earlier, the POC, okay. you know, cause now it, if you have one or two vendors, well, even if one vendor, you want to make the right decision. Yeah. So oh, yeah. You need to do that pilot. You need to do that POC. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be your whole company. It is a small group of people that represent the different levels of capabilities within your organization and the different stakeholders and see what those results produce. And then yeah. when you analyze those results, more often than not, you're gonna that one vendor is gonna stand out because they're gonna produce the greatest return on your investment. Yep. And yep. that's where you're gonna see that's why and that's why working with vendor neutral it, it actually simplifies that acquisition process because now you're not you know you're not just dealing with a sales rep selling and and some sales reps can sell better than others mm-hmm. you're actually looking at the real capabilities that that solution actually delivers um, and that's where you make your final decision based on yeah well this is awesome i mean we're we're we're, we're at time here and mm-hmm. and it's great dan that you see, i am just floored here because the stuff that you covered was was awesome i mean i just go through sales process the importance of knowing that before you even start looking at technology understanding like you said and then doing that ranked and rated uh review with each one of the stakeholders and make sure you know what's important to each one and and then make sure you understand how that fits with the technology that that you've got there and 
the good data because that that i think is every company is is uh guilty of not having the best data they could and the importance of it is going to kill you or not kill you it's going to hamper you if you get even with the right technology solution if you have have good data so make sure that's right and i love your idea and not that and and i don't even not an idea but the proof of concept is even when you think you've made the right decision don't go all in test it with a small group to to refine it because these are decisions that are too big to go on anything other than proof in your organization with a good sample group yeah and more often than not the vendors uh, appreciate those proof of concepts those pilots because they're willing to tweak and adapt their solution to match your specific workflow, your specific go-to-market strategy, because um, they want you to close. They want to close with you. They want to. They want you to acquire their solution. So, you know, just acquiring it off the shelf, you don't get that luxury. You don't mm-hmm. get that ability for them to develop their product in a unique way to support you in your organization. In a proof of concept, they get to see your your organization actually engaging with the technology, its use case how effective or ineffective it is. And they can actually adjust the tech to be much more effective and aligned to your specific needs than they ever could have just buying it off the shelf. That's a great point, Dan. It, it really is because you get that extra opportunity once you've used yeah. it a little bit to go, if you just change this, this would help us an awful lot. And you, 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 can, you can get those things done while you're doing that proof of concept. Yep. Well, Dan, it's been awesome having you. We had Dan Silly today with Vendor Neutral. We're talking about sales technology, uh, making it easier for executives to make good sales technology choices. You've given us some wonderful things that we can use here. Now, Dan, you got a, a there is a, uh, an event coming up next week on the 19th. Can you talk about that a little bit while we're, while we're here too, before sure. we jump off? Yeah, we've, uh, I've invited you Damon. So hopefully uh, I'm looking forward to having you uh, participate as one of our panelists. Um, mm-hmm. But on May 19th at 2 PM Eastern time, uh, we have a, a, a excellent new live webinar, uh, and all of our webinars are live. So you can go on our website under our learning center. You can access all of our on-demand live webinars that are, have pre-recorded, or you can join us live when they actually happen. Um, and next May 9th, on next Thursday, May nineteenth, we're going to have a webinar. I think it's called "The Important Steps Manufacturers Should Take When Creating a Digital Transformation Strategy for Their Sales Organization." And I think that just really speaks to what we talked about today, right? Is it's about, you know, what are the processes is you need to follow? Um, what are the best practices that you should consider when building or acquiring sales technology and building out that capability within your organization? Number one, we just we talked about at the beginning of the call, good communication, having the top 20% of your customers as well as the top 20% of your sales performers involved in the strategy process, you know, and so many others we'll save for the webinar, mm-hmm. but a tremendous awesome. uh, discussion for everybody. Yeah. Really On the 19th at two, two Eastern time, we're going to be talking yep. about digital transformation. So Dan silly, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks well, everyone for being here. We had Emily and Marie in there commenting. I know we had a bunch of other listeners too. Thanks so much for being here, everyone. We we love that you're listening. Give us some feedback and all those kind of things. And everyone listening, we will be back again here in a couple of days with another interesting guest on the Faces of Business. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you.